I'll say, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, and you can respond, his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. I want to wish each and every one of you a blessed and happy Lenten season, this being our second Sunday. My prayers are with you as you journey with the Lord uh, during these 40 days in which uh, we pray, we fast, and we give alms. And it really is a journey. It takes some time. However, we trust in God's grace and his goodness to work in our lives in a special way this liturgical season of Lent. I'm the youngest in my family, as many of you are aware, as I've shared. I have two older brothers and two older sisters. My mother gave birth to me at the age of 37. So I was a bicentennial baby. I was born in 1976. So that means I have nieces and nephews. And because uh, my uh, oldest brother is 12 years older than me, I'm a bit of an afterthought. Um, I tell my priest friends that my mom like many people in the 1970s, uh, smoked cigarettes. But uh, when she had me, she quit smoking, uh, so everything would be okay. But my priest brothers uh, contend that notion. They think, well, maybe, maybe she did smoke while, you were, while she was pregnant with you, because <laughs> <laughs> we can't understand you. <laughs> so uh, I have uh, some great nieces and nephews now, in fact, five. So I have two nephews that are in their mid to late 20s. So I have five great nephews and nieces. So I'm feeling a bit older these days. And of course, when I would uh, visit or see them, uh, they invite me to hold their newborn baby. I'm always a bit hesitant to do so. Not that I don't like babies. I love babies. They are so cute, so precious, so amazing. However, inevitably, it happens that the mother is holding her baby and they're so content. They're just so tranquil, so happy. Their eyes are bright and open and they're smiling. And as soon as she hands me her baby, a transformation begins. (laughs) And the transformation is not so good. The eyes begin to close and squint. The face becomes reddened. The nose sort of just curls up. The lips, rather than any type of cooing or anything that I can do, begin to tremble a little. And then before you know it, it's a frown. And then there's a second degree of red. And then the arms start waving. And the baby's full out crying. And all I can do at that time is just hand the baby back over to mom. So it was okay while it lasted, but I was always so amazed by how quick the transformation can go from being tranquil to crying. It just happens right before your eyes, almost like in a nanosecond. It's almost as if the baby knows, I'm in uncle's, great uncle's hands, get me out of here. There's a transformation that happens with the apostles, and it happens rather quickly. All of a sudden, Jesus is transformed before their eyes in his resurrected form. He's conversing with Elijah, conversing with Moses, and his white, his clothing becomes dazzling white, and Jesus' resurrection, resurrected form is made present to the apostles immediately. What I can't understand and what I question in this gospel reading 
that no sooner had they left the powerful vision or epiphany of Jesus' resurrected form, then they forget what it is that they had just experienced. It's almost as if they have some spiritual amnesia. Because the last line of the gospel, they questioned what the resurrection from the dead meant. I'm thinking to myself, you just saw the resurrected form of your Savior, and now you're questioning what the resurrection from the dead meant? How foolish can you be? But then I began to realize it's no different for me. The transformation of the resurrection is a process. In Catholic terminology, we say that we're justified at our baptism. We're sanctified through a life of the reception of the sacraments and living the moral life of the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes. And then ultimately, we are saved at the personal judgment or the particular judgment before God. Many times we want to forego the suffering part or pretend that it doesn't exist or try to wiggle our way out of it rather than seeing that it's that very part of our lives that transforms us gradually in a process in what we call a sanctifying grace. The sanctifying grace of God can indeed happen with a conversion that is mighty. So we think of St. Paul, for instance, whose conversion was just instantaneous and there was an immediate transformation of St. Paul from a life in which he was persecuting Christians to a life in which he was the greatest super apostle of all Christians. But for many of us, it isn't so that the sanctification process is a slow unraveling of the transformative power of the resurrection. I can't help but think how the passion and the death of Jesus in the equation of the Paschal mystery, die, rise, and go, passion, death, and resurrection, that we celebrate during the Lenten season is the gradual procession of Jesus to Calvary. It is a procession. And remember when the priest processes from the back of the church up the nave to the sanctuary, the priest is victim priest. He's processing with Christ in persona Christe to the cross, which is the altar, the altar of sacrifice by which Christ makes his mysteries known to us, a place of sacrifice and suffering, of pain and agony. And God invites you and for me, me as particularly as a priest, to offer the sacrifice and for us to immolate ourselves and to share the sacrifices and the sufferings and the transformative power of that passion and death at that moment of consecration. That's why for us as Catholics, we believe in the supernatural reality of the representation of the sacrifice of Calvary for the Eucharist. That's why we have devotion. That's why we have reverence. That's why it is that we come here knowing that we are in a holy sanctuary that is set apart with a consecrated altar given for the place of Christ's redeeming sacrifice. A sacrifice indeed that was 
prefigured by the very person of Abraham in our first reading. But the component of passion and death has a procession, and that procession we see in the Stations of the Cross. I love the Stations of the Cross. We offer it here at St. Raphael's. I know we've had a good turnout. Uh, I was able to wiggle my way into one of the Stations of the Cross to be able to celebrate the St. Alphonsus Liguori Stations of the Cross uh, later in March. But think about the process of the Passion. Jesus, who suffered in the garden, Jesus who is presented before the Sanhedrin, Jesus who is condemned to die, Jesus who is crowned with thorns, Jesus who is mocked and ridiculed and scourged at the pillar, Jesus who not only falls once but twice and three times and Simon of Cyrene has to come and help him, Jesus who is helped by the women and Veronica to wipe his face, Jesus who is nailed to the cross, Jesus who dies on the cross, and finally Jesus who is placed in the sepulcher. Just as there is a procession or a process of sanctifying grace at work in our life of suffering, we have to acknowledge and be aware that simultaneously there is a process of transformation happening through that instantaneously, but at the same time through our lives, by which the resurrection is being made real for us. So the question the apostles, brothers and sisters, you see, isn't just a question that they have for Jesus at that time. It's a question that you and me have to answer. What does the resurrection mean? It means everything. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the first and most powerful mystery of our Catholic faith. The resurrection from Jesus from the dead is the most powerful means by which God transforms our life. So to know what the resurrection means is that at the very moment of sin in our life, the moment of isolation, the moment of despair, the moment of depression, the moment of sadness, the moment of pain, the moment of hurt, the moments in which we don't think that Christ has transformed it, it is at that time that he is transforming you and I. And the culmination of that is Mount Tabor. It is the place of transfiguration. It is Jesus Christ who, on his way to Calvary, is sanctifying the world and giving to us the beautiful gift of his love. What does the resurrection mean? It means that God is changing me even when I don't think that I'm being changed. It is the belief and the hope that the power of the resurrection is at work in my life right now. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever.